Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, host of the Boston Podcast. The show you're about to hear was actually recorded a number of months back before it was posted. Sometimes that happens due to our production schedule. Doesn't matter, though. Still a great show, and you're going to enjoy it. By the way, I'll let you in on a little secret. If you want to be a guest on the Boston Podcast, I'll give you the secret link. It's pod617.com slash invite. That's pod617.com slash invite. You pick a time for the show to be recorded. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and before long, you may indeed be a guest on on the show. Enough of my yapping. I'm with the show. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our podcast, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. And if you want your own podcast, we can produce it for you here by the Boston Podcast Network in our Westwood Mass studios, or we can do it remotely. We'll send you out a quality USB microphone. Go to pod617.com to get started, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod we trust, but this show, the Boston Podcast, I keep saying podcast, I guess that's because what I do. We tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. Many times we tell the story of other cities. Great guest today. If you're interested in the world of branding, marketing, and all the innovative ways that you can tell stories, this I'm told is the guy to go to because he's got a company he founded called DBC. I want to call you founder, but it also looks like you're the prime minister of the company for some, some reason, Carlos. But let me welcome Carlos Williams to the virtual studio. Thank you so much. How Super are you? Super excited today? to be here. Are you in New York? I am in New York. Uh, I'm usually traveling around the world, but uh, for the next few weeks, I'll be in New York and before heading out to San Francisco for with one of our clients. Oh, cool. New York native? Where'd you grow up? Yes, Brooklyn. Uh, Loved growing up in Brooklyn and left for brief periods of time, but I always find myself back here. You were in Brooklyn before Brooklyn was cool and hip and everything. Yeah, so I was when Brooklyn and Brooklyn was poor and dangerous. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Brooklyn pride either way. I have a cousin that lives okay. there, and and he he's he's been there many years, and so he still loves it, but. He reminds everyone that you know, he was there before it was the Brooklyn bubble and whatever it is now. Anyway, so you started you started this company, brand strategy, storytelling. Tell us a little bit about how you got into it and why you love doing it. So it's a, a side hustle gone right. I was doing a lot of work for friends for free. Like uh, everyone knew I knew how to make something on a computer. So if I needed a website, I'll make, I made your website. Started doing a lot of wedding invitations in my mid-20s when everyone started getting married. Like every five seconds, there was another invitation <laughs> to do. And I kept consistently hearing, you should charge for this. Mm. As they run away with their free stuff, they're like, you can charge the next person. And then so you hear it enough. And then one day you actually charge the next person and kind of takes off from there. And I, I found that I could, we were doing, I was doing quality enough work that it became a we, we movement and had to hire some people. And while working a full-time job, I've had three full-time employees and a part-time employee and decided to make the jump and leave corporate behind and then become, I guess, our own weird little corporate environment here. 
I can relate to that because I started this podcast stuff as a side hustle and I was doing a lot of that kind of an audio work for free. And I'm glad we both get paid for what we, we do now because it, the problem is some people still assume that what you do is like, oh, you just mess around on the computer a little bit. It's, it's not really work for you, right? It's fun. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I, I, I know that our, our team hates to hear and I don't love it either is can you work your magic on this one, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not magic, right? We're not waving a wand. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a compliment because like people can't do the work that we can do, right? And so they think it must be sorcery, like that you, you could right. turn this data set into a, a pretty infographic or how did you do that in in, in three days? And like you, you turned our idea into into an actual brand. So it's not magic. We, we, we work really hard and we practice and we we have to hone our skills and we learn lessons from each client and, and, and build on top of that. But it is I, I do tell everyone that we are having fun at work, right? Like there there's, there's a no jerks allowed policy at DBC because mm. I mean, we're I, I, the one thing that, and I know my team, if they listen to this, will will find consistent is I, I say that we're not curing cancer. Mm-hmm. Only time you're allowed to to be a jerk is if you're curing cancer. So we were lucky enough last year to work with a client that was cured, and we, and we told them in the intro meeting, like, hey, you like. I'm a man of my word. So if you guys feel like yelling at us, you can go ahead and yell at us the entire right. project because you're curing cancer. But you're the only one, right? And it's true. And it's good. We share that in common too. We do something that is fun, but it's, but it's, it's hard work and it's, you deserve to be paid for, you know, everyone says it's all about content these days. It's all whatever you can create online, whether it be social media or video or whatever. And I'd like to think more and more people recognize that what, what, that is a skill that should be valued very highly. So give me an example, if you could, of whether, and your choice, whether what you want to like name a client or not, but give, give mm-hmm. me an idea of how you helped a client tell their story. Uh, so one of the, the, the client in San Francisco next week is a squash client, right? So they're squash mm-hmm. producers and they produce two tournaments every year, one in here in New York and one in San Francisco. And we've been working with them for about six years. And Telling the story of squash, a game I never played and never was exposed to from the beginning, right? Like it's it's big in Boston and it's big here in New York as well, but did not know the rules, got introduced and and said, and and they said, we want to make squash a bigger, badder sport, like Mm -hmm. a a sport that's on the radar. Um, And we want to make sure that our tournaments look the best Mm -hmm. of all the squash tournaments in the world. And that's what we've been able to do, but we do it through storytelling of the players, right? We want to make sure that we're, we're focusing on these players that are larger than life. Because one, they can inspire other players and squash is a, a massively growing sport, mm. especially in the inner cities because of the, the outreach that they're doing. Um, and yeah. so they're, they're, cre- they're creating new American squash because oh. there, there are there are so few of them. But squat, like, it squash is aiming to get into the Olympics. They, they've been invited to pitch to get into the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. So hopefully th- that will keep inspiring the sport. But what we do is we we don't, look at the squash players any differently as we would look at an NFL player mm. or in an individual sport, like a, a tennis player. So we we don't de-emphasize them. We don't focus so much on the venue. We focus on the players and 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 like, hey, come see Mohamed El Shabagi, come see Amanda Sobi. Like we, we want to make sure that people are saying, hey, these are the, the, tor- the two tournaments that we work on anywhere. These are the where the the top of the heap are going to come and play. And, mm. and if you're in the squash or if you're new to squash, why not come in and and, and uh, experience it with the best of the best players and, wow. and, a, and a grand sky. So we did that for the first couple of years and 
and then we kind of been off to off to the races and like how can we top last year how can we do an anniversary brand how can we do something different and something new and and when when like squash magazines are like asking for the the the, the creative so that they can print it out and, and put it up in their offices and things like that that's like that's how you know you're doing it right um so Wow. Uh, yeah, it's just such an interesting thing. I still have not gotten on a squash court, which I'm, yep. but, but our, our team is, is, is really, really able to learn about an industry, learn about uh, a particular topic and then put our, all of our creative forces together and, and make a, a, a really great piece of creative. So your client, so, your client is the tournament. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the, 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 the producer of the Oracle NetSuite, oh, that's in Sam and then the JP Morgan Tornado Champions, which is one of the coolest things I've ever had to experience because it's right in Grand Central term in ter- Grand Central Terminal. So really, they place- glass court Grand Central people oh, commuters cool. running by to make their train. But oh, that's great. We also have all, all these people who yeah. are stopping and wondering why this giant glass cube's there for a week and and literally you're just steps away from the world's best squash players. Yeah, I know very little about squash, but first of all, that's very exciting that you're you're actually in the process of creating stars of this sport that many people don't really know too much about in America. So that it must be cool to see it grow, you know, kind of from the ground up. I mean, squash, yeah. squash, I'm sure has been around for hundreds of years. I, I went to private school in Milton, Mass, and squash was very big with the school, but I was not, I didn't come from a super wealthy family or anything. I'm, I'm just a guy from, from the suburbs. And when I got to play squash for the first time. Someone invited me to play at the squash courts. I was like, why doesn't the ball bounce? It doesn't, <laughs> the ball doesn't really bounce. <laughs> I mean, it bounces, it, a, it bounces a little, but it's definitely not. To, I had played racquetball with my dad and racquetball, you just mm-hmm. you smash the thing and it bounces all, all the hell over the place. And the squash ball kind of doesn't, but that's actually what makes it, I think, more of a, an interesting game because you really have to have some strategy as to where you're going to hit it. And so very, very interesting. So for the for that, you what are, what is your team actually doing, creating videos, images, what, uh, what sort of things? Yeah, so all, all of the above. So we create okay. the identity for the, the tournament. Uh, so we change it every year uh, for each tournament. We, we want to bring a new... Sometimes we call it a theme, sometimes we call it a brand, but it's just like, what are we celebrating this year, right? Well, like, how are we celebrating the players? So JB Morgan Tournament of Champions, we have done everything from putting the players as constellations, like just matching the the ceiling in Grand Central to making the bronze statues that you, you'll, you'll find outside of Grand Central, like really just trying to like make them a part of the city. Mm-hmm. So they're here for a week, right? It's a tournament that happens in the city for a week and, and they're right. One of the few probably sports events that happens right downtown that's out of Madison Square Garden, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's right in, in midtown Manhattan. And so how do we make them a, a part of the city here? Is there actually seating in the Grand Central yeah. Station? Yep, so, yep, like, yep. You... so it's in Vanderbilt Hall and there's yep. stands right around it. it. It fits people and we and, and uh, Squash Engine, which is the producer has been lucky enough to sell it out for a few years wow. running. Um, so it, it's, it, it's, it's a really, really great environment and it's memorable and it's Instagrammable. So we, we try to make sure that we have templates for people to post on Instagram. We have the, we, we switched during the pandemic to a digital program from a print program, but we used to have this really big print program. And now it's an interactive digital program. You scan a QR code and you jump onto it. And that's for both tournaments. So then we do a lot of the signage and like, it's really about a lot of it's sponsor placement, right? Like they have a lot of sponsors. They, they pay great money to, to put on the tournaments. And so how do we make sure that they see the value of their investment? Mm-hmm. Uh, so making sure that they like we, we're, we have signage 
or that is viewed on Squash TV because Squash has its own uh, streaming network. And so that the, the, their their brands are being viewed on Squash TV, their brands are being viewed by pastors, but they're in spots for photo ops and everything like that. I'm just trying to create more interactive things at like interactive print things at the events, right? So this year in San Francisco, we're, like, we're, we're working on an interactive draw, which is that bracket that you see. And so having the players be able to go and move themselves along after mm-hmm. they an idea I came up with that I thought would be great for the, the sport, right? Like just like a really cool thing that people can do. Yeah, it's a great photo op, a great video. Like, and then if you're a spectator, you can go stand in front of it, right? It's giant. So you can go stand in yeah. front of it and, and take a picture and, and get it posted. And so that we making sure that we're keeping those brands going and, 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 and thanking the sponsors for their, their contributions. Very creative. It's what used to be called guerrilla marketing, I think, but now, <laughs> now it's, now it's, it's viral marketing. It's social media. It's all combination of those. So, well, I need to ask you, what is DBC? What do those letters stand for? Ah, the design and branding company. And it's almost like the design and branding company is what DBC came out of. Uh, When we started the company, it was, I needed a, well, well, when I started designing professionally, I needed something. And so I was putting, I think I'd made holiday cards for a company and they were like, well, you need to put something on the back. And so I put designed by Carlos on it. um, And that just became the company's name. But then almost immediately I started hiring people and I was like, well, this isn't accurate. Um, so we started going by DBC for a while and just having the corporate name of design by like, and then like six years ago or so, six or five or six years ago, we went on embarked on this journey to change a name and we do a lot of brand naming. And of course, uh, as being perfectionists ourselves, we were just like, all right, here are all the pros and cons of, of changing the brand's name. And so we decided to, everyone referred to us as DBC anyway. We had a lot of brand equity there. So we figured out what DBC could stand for that wasn't designed by Carlos and it became the design and branding company. Double meaning, I like it. Yeah. So <laughs> you, um, I'm gonna guess you grew up a sports fan. Was Indeed. Can, can you remember the first sort of, I'm thinking back to the days of Nike and Reebok and and some of the the, the apparel companies that first embraced the idea of, really endorsing products to, to the, to a level it hadn't been before. Do you, do you remember any sort of campaigns and you were growing up that you took a look at and you go, wow, that's cool. Like I might want to get uh, into that. Yeah. So Mike and Bo, right. So those are the, the early nineties ones that like, I, I didn't know, who, like, I think I was too young for Bo Jackson almost, but my mom was like obsessed, right. My mom was like, <laughs> look at, like, look how cool this the, playing two sports, big guy, like just, she was like, hey, this is someone to pay attention to because all intents and purposes, what a great person and off the court as well, right? So so like like Bo, Bo knows is is something that was really cool and, and putting his face and his name. You didn't even need a last name. Yeah. I ha- so I yeah. Have, I have the clip here, uh, Carlos. We'll, we'll take a brief listen back, look back at yeah. Bo knows. Don't I know you? Nice shoes. Are you sure we haven't met before? So we've got a bunch of different bows. Where's that two of the crash mm-hmm. Nice shoes. I knew I should have taken the right turn at Albuquerque. Have you ever been to LA? Bow in every sport, in right? Every like, sport. And, and, yep. and there's no doubt that he could probably have done all, all of these sports and one of the greatest athletes of all time. So Yeah, he comes up a lot on lists of greatest athletes of all time, and some people blanch and it's like, well, what he only played a few seasons in two different sports, <laughs> but he is often he's the the answer to the question is if you had to pick someone who was was in their prime was going to compete in like a dozen different things 
mm-hmm. would probably be him. He, it seemed like he could do everything. And so I played that ad, not, not very good podcasting because it was mostly visual there, but, <laughs> but, but he's, Bo is dressed up and all different. And it was just so genius of, of Nike to very cleverly capitalize on that. And then the one, the, the ad that I liked, which is the one I thought I was pulling up, I guess I didn't, was when there were different athletes say they had like Kirk Gibson from the Dodgers saying Bono's baseball. And then yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Jim Everett from the NFL saying Bono's football. And then, and you had Gretzky going Bono's hockey. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very smart. So, yeah. but, but what I think is, is really great. What Nike did there was show how versatile their products could be. Right. So they, they, they aligned perfectly with an athlete that was versatile and said like, Hey, could you wear the same shoes for all the, like you're you're not a professional athlete right, right. so you're going to be able to wear this if you buy a pair of shoes you're going to be able to wear it skateboarding you're going to be able to wear it playing basketball on the court you're going to be able to wear it run so showing the versatility of the product getting someone who maybe have never was a reebok fan or an adidas fan and moving over to 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 nike it's a genius campaign and then i think michael jordan just took the torch from there on, on nike and then they've been an unstoppable force ever since yeah they were coming out with, I don't know if it was exactly at the same time, but they developed the idea of the, of the cross training shoe, which you could, yeah. which was, it really was just a sneaker, but the idea was you can wear this to play any sport. And so, um, very cool. So where do people go if they want more information on DBC and how can, where can they follow you and that sort of stuff? Yeah, studiodbc.com is where you want to start. We're getting better and better on our website all the time, and there's always new case studies. There's new uh, resources there that we're building. So if you want to do anything with your brand, so from rebranding to expanding your brand to building presentations, that's that's where you would start. So, But you can also, I would love it if, if people followed us on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, so on Instagram, it's studiodbc, and then on LinkedIn, I think you just search for studio dbc or just dbc and and we'll pop up but yeah like would love to stay in touch with sure. anyone and, and offer some resources uh to help brands because that's that's our passion and what about the squash tournaments if people are interested in that yeah uh so oracle net suite open squash or oracle net suite squash i think both uh, urls will work and that's happening on pier 70 in san francisco starting on september 30th and Coming it goes up. to the to, October 4th. Very cool. Um, and then if, you, if, if you're if you on the East Coast and more likely to make it to New York City, I, I don't believe the dates have been set, but January 2023, the JP Morgan Tournament of Champions, these are the two top presentations of the sport at, at the pro level in the U.S. Mm, excellent. All right. Um, we're up against the clock a little bit here. We are going to play a round of good stuff before we say goodbye to Carlos. Before that, I want to take one minute to remind you what we do with the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Go there if you want your own show. We can produce the show for you. From soup to nuts, the intro, the outro, we make sure it's top quality audio. Whether you're joining us in our Westwood Mass studios or remotely, a podcast is a great way to connect with your network. You invite clients or would-be clients or anyone you want to reach out to to be a guest on your show, and they'll be amazed at the radio quality production of the episode and it's a great way to market it's a great way to network and by the way it's a lot of fun just like what carlos does we have fun here too go to pod617.com to get started the boston podcast network in pod we trust all right we're gonna play a round of good stuff oh that's the good stuff good stuff is 
where Kyle and I both share something that might brighten your day in some fashion. What do you have to recommend to our listening audience, Carlos? Neighbors Together. It's one of my favorite organizations in the world. They're a nonprofit in central Brooklyn, and that's committed to ending ending hunger and poverty in Ocean Hill, Brownsville, and Bed-Stuy. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, it's fall now, so I, I, I always want to remember that they do a really cool campaign called 30 Thanksgivings where you get a team together and you donate Thanksgiving to people. In, and so it's, it's, it can be really fun for a corporate team. It can be fun for a group of friends. But NeighborsTogether.org, they're going to probably launch 30, 30 Thanksgivings any day now and and just start putting some really small small amounts of money will we'll, we'll have a big impact. I love it. NeighborsTogether.org. We'll put that in the show notes of this episode if you forget people, but uh, check it out. And very timely. We still got uh, some time before thing. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Summer, summer, <laughs> summer just ended. No. Anyway, so I will recommend something that is something I just saw on the, the Peacock streaming network. It's a documentary, and it's called Hell of a Cruise. You can guess what it's about. And actually, it, there are certain things about this story that have to do with branding, not sports branding, Carlos, but the company mm-hmm. in need of some serious branding and PR help. Let's take a l- listen to a little bit of the trailer. We're about to take a nice 15-day cruise. This is the captain from the bridge. A Hong Kong resident tested positive for coronavirus. We were certain that it was not a problem. This thing was spreading through the boat. The ship will remain under quarantine for 14 days. 14 days. In a room that's four by three. Check with our medical staff if you have experienced fever, chills, cold. The Diamond Princess was ground zero. The U.S. officials debate whether to bring the Americans back. You need to get us off the ship or we all get sick and die. It's very intense. And they said, okay, just people who don't have COVID. How are you feeling? But they didn't know who had the COVID. That was the medical examination. Our team went on board. They started to load all Americans for transport to the airport. On the way to the airplane, test results would come back positive. Pandemonium. I think that's enough, but you you get you get you wow get, you get the point. I I, got, I think I'll be watching. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy behind the scenes story of how that all went down. Exactly, it's exactly what it is, and we all remember those early days of the pandemic. So this this has some really great footage from not just one but multiple cruises where they just didn't know what to do when one passenger and then 10 passengers, and then you see the number climbing eerily as these people are, you heard it in the clip, the one cruise was quarantined for 14 days just at a dock. And I've never been on a cruise before, but I've seen pictures and the, the bedrooms are very small. <laughs> and so they basically, <laughs> they basically couldn't leave there. Sometimes four people in a room and all the decisions made around coronavirus were uh, kind of shaky. In a way, you can't blame them because we didn't know what the virus was at all back then. But very interesting how it all went down. So I encourage you to take that on Peacock, hell of a cruise. Well, we have to go. We, I could talk forever sports and all kind of things that you do, Carlos. But I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Stay on the line. And uh, well, I'll say goodbye to you after I say goodbye to our listeners here, Carlos. But check the show notes for all the info on where to get in touch with Carlos and learn more about what he does in that squash tournament. In the meantime, if you like our show, 
follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows and go to pod617.com. If you want your own podcast, you can be the next big podcast star. On behalf of Carlos Williams, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Take me.